Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. Who else you know around the city doing it better than this? Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, come on. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Kingdom Podcast with your host, Zay, Young Vander, and Roja. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Feed family, to the best new fantasy football show on the air, the Fantasy Football Feed Podcast, presented to you by Manscaped. I am your host, Zay. As always, I got my guy with me, Young Vander. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy things, what's going on out there? Yo, we have a great show in store for you today. News, notes, your week five review, waiver wires, and we have a little special treat for you today. We are going to give you some information and details on on a subject that is very near and dear to our hearts. And in all honesty, I think that we are two of the best at it, <laughs> but we are going to go over trading 101, let you know when to do it, how to do it, why to do it, who to do it with. This will definitely be a show that will add to your fantasy football acumen. Join us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group, on Instagram at Fantasy Football Fiend. And if you need to get any information to us, Fantasy Football Fiend at Gmail for promos, advertising, and things of that nature. Now, now let's go right ahead and hop into your news. And now your fantasy news. All right. So there were several injuries sustained on yesterday, and there were uh, a couple of people who may be supplanted in the depth chart. So we'll kind of navigate through all of that. First up, Coach Pete Carroll said that Rashad Penny sustained a serious injury to his lower leg during Sunday's loss to New Orleans, and he may be out, quote, for a while. This is... um. Unfortunately, Al proposed for Rashad Penny. This is this is what I was saying all offseason and pretty much up through this week, although he had a couple of good weeks out there. This guy's just an injury waiting to happen. It looks like he sustained a pretty significant lower leg injury, which makes way for Kenneth Walker, the rookie, who ended up taking advantage of his time behind the O-line there this past week. Looks like he's going to be the guy in charge, and he's definitely going to be one that you want to top your waiver wire list if he's still available. But luckily, his injury injury from previous weeks may have kind of doused a little bit of cold water on him that he may still be available in some of your leagues. Not if someone else has already picked him up. They're probably not going to trade him at this point unless they have another significant need because it looks like he may end up being the man in a run first offense. No, I agree with you totally. Um, And if you're in a deeper league, go grab DJ Dallas. He he may be a guy that's available on your waiver as well and he may get a few touches and who knows, Kenneth Walker is not the healthiest guy. So you can (laughs) get Maybe, exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, so maybe you could be ahead of the curve with that move. Absolutely. Baker, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, uh, he just can't get right. Now he has an ankle injury. Before he got injured, he wasn't exactly playing well. They lost 37 to 15 to the 49ers. And PJ Walker ended up completing five of six passes for 60 yards upon replacing Baker Mayfield with the bum ankle. And it looks like, you know, if Baker can't go, PJ Walker may be the guy. Now, the thing that's significant about that is Sam Darnold had already beat this guy out. So logic would tell me that if Sam Darnold comes back and he's not hurt, this may be his job to walk into. And for some of you that are in uh, QB trouble, especially Superflex and QB leagues, you know, Sam Darnold might be the last line of defense um, if you have some serious issues going on in that particular position. Yeah, for sure. We spoke on this in last show. You know, if you took our advice, you should have that um, Sam Darnold already sitting in your IR spot. Um, Facts. And I know the x-rays just came back negative, but they're doing a lot of MRI for further tests and things of that nature. So we're going to see what this injury looks like. Again, I guess if you need, you know, help at that deep flex or two quarterback lead, I guess you could put in the waiver um, for P.J. Walker. Maybe that's the one you can use, but this should be Donald's job when healthy. Chris Olave sustained what seemed to be a pretty serious concussion on Sunday. 
he was kind of slammed to the ground upon catching a touchdown and his arms were kind of held to his side so he couldn't really break the fall at all and to me it looked like he was out for a few seconds even when he was walking off the field trying to indicate that he was okay even the way he was holding his hands in the air looked off to me and if you can look at all into his eyes like you can kind of see his face through the uh, face mask you can see that he wasn't all there i don't think that he's going to be able to go next week it, it may be longer than that the reason i'm saying next week is because the way the concussion protocol is going right now they they ain't they ain't bullshit man they ain't playing no games if you look woozy even if you pass the test, they're not letting you back in the game. That's the same thing that happened with Miami. They had to have their seventh round quarterback take over for Bridgewater, who had already taken over for Tua. And Bridgewater actually passed concussion protocol. But the new rule, apparently, which they aren't really putting the details out there, but just putting one and one together to make two. It looks like if they think that you may have had a concussion and you showed any signs at all, any wobbling any you know grabbing for your helmet anything like that at all and they're going to err on the side of caution no matter what position you play no matter what you say you're done for that game that in of itself is going to make for a very interesting year in nfl and in fantasy for sure it was unnecessary you know slamming him to the ground because the guy was already in his own for the most part correct but with that you know they already injured michael thomas is down jarvis yeah. landry is down so that's why you seen a lot of Taysom hill deployed yesterday they just getting down to trickery and running the ball a whole lot more. I guess if you're in a deeper league, the next guy in line should be Marquez Calloway, who seemed to have a rapport with uh, Dalton. It's crazy. It's going to be an interesting year with this new concussion rule. You may, unlike in years past, even in single QB leagues, you may want to have a couple, not necessarily a couple, but you definitely want to have a backup because you just you just don't know. Something can happen Sunday morning and, you know, they, they just, something happens in warm-ups and they just get up wobbling and they're like, nope, mm -mm, you ain't going to play. It, it could be that easy for someone not to play now. I would look for that to happen every week, honestly. It's not going to happen in every game, but it's going to happen to somebody every week. We'll kind of see how that goes. Joe Burrow completed 24 of 35 pass attempts for 217 yards and a touchdown and an interception while adding three rushing attempts for six yards in their loss. 19 to 17 loss to Baltimore. Hell of a game. Higgins ended up sidelined in this one. I think he could have possibly been the difference in the game. In all honesty, when we're talking about a, a two-point game um, and some of the the drives that stalled out would have been drives that he probably would have been kind of targeted on a little bit. But he had a, a limited injury designation throughout the week dealing with his ankle and apparent. Um, it was just a bit too much pain to be able to be effective and his coaches indicating that uh they kind of knew it was a long shot after the couple of minutes into the first quarter he was basically just became an emergency body if they you know if something catastrophic were to happen but higgins is still a little nicked up with that ankle hopefully he'll be back to normal within a week or two Chase grabbed seven receptions on 12 targets for 50 yards and he rushed once for no gain in the 19 to 17 loss. But right now, Cincinnati is in a position to whereas they're making it seem that last year was a pipe dream. And this year is a little bit closer to being indicative of what we have seen prior to and what we may see going forward. We do remember that Baltimore, that Lamar was hurt last year. That kind of helped smooth the way for them through the playoff and things of that nature. But right now, Cincinnati is in a bit of a pickle. You think this is just a temporary situation, or do you think they get their shit together at some point? I mean, I just didn't like the play calling, to be honest with you. Uh, last night, I seen um, a couple of situations. Like, you had Jamar Chase. This is supposed to be one of the top receivers in the, in the league. Like, take advantage of these one-on-one -on -one situations. They was down there by the, by the goal, and you're trying to do a shovel pass, like, in the middle. Like, what are we doing, man? You got one-on-one -on -one outside. Let the man run a slant, run around a little slant corner something you know throw him a fade route like a just let him work and i think that's the, the difference with this team from last year to this year like the play calling has really been a little off hopefully they can get it together i mean they have the skill guys to get it together man it's just it's rough being a chase owner as well like i've dropped I know two or three games based on his performance alone. Like, it's just, it's weird. The best thing that possibly could have happened to the Bengals is them not doing so well last year because they have all the players. I still have little to no confidence in the coach. And his season last year got him an extension that's going to keep him around for much longer. And I think this team could be sustained long term with a little bit more on the sidelines there. We'll see how that ends up going. But Zach Taylor, definitely, he may find himself with a new contract and in the hot seat at the same time. 
time. Arizona had their share of issues going on. James Conner ended up having a rib issue that sidelined him, quickly followed by Daryl Williams in the waning moments of the third quarter, ending up getting hurt himself, which put Eno Benjamin in line for a pretty heavy workload. Eno Benjamin is one of those guys that I would say check on your waiver as well just to see if he's available. He may be the first guy up or worst case scenario, the second based on injuries that are going on in Arizona. We also had Dalton Schultz who re-aggravated his knee in the uh, Dallas win. Right now, I don't think it matters who's hurt on their offense because Dallas is, <laughs> they're winning because of their defense, not because of their offense. It's going to be interesting to see down the stretch if they can continue to use this particular pattern, if you will, to win after teams kind of catch up with what they're doing. But it seems like Dallas in the year that even their fans didn't think that they could make much noise. This may be the year that they have the best pieces to do so. So that's going to end up being a, a very significant team to watch down the stretch out of that uh, NFC East. And based on what's going on in the NFC East right now, I mean, the Eagles are doing their thing. The Giants are four and one. If the commanders get their stuff together, this may be going from a laughing stock division to one of the best in the league. Yeah. I mean, everybody's playing pretty well in this division. I mean, um, you know, like I say, the commanders, Hey, they're winning games. Um, maybe it's back to the old way of thing, the old way of life when the NFC East used to be the the big dog on the block. I mean, they, they don't really have the strongest teams. Of course, the AFC West supposedly have better teams, but they're winning games. What can you say? J.K. Dobbins took a step back in week five. He had eight carries to 44 yards. Didn't end up with any targets at all, despite 32 pass attempts from Lamar Jackson and the fact that Rashad Bateman was inactive. Devin DuVernay caught five of seven targets for 54 yards and added 24 rushing yards on three carries and DuVernay seems to be like the Swiss army knife. He seems to be the the go-to guy when any of their guys aren't present but I don't know what that means when everyone is present. He's kind of like a, you know, a, a dart throw if everyone is present but if anyone is missing, he's the next man up seemingly. Yeah, he had a pretty good game. They use him in all kind of different, you know, ways early on in this game. But looking at this Ravens team, man, there's something still missing. There's something missing. And we, I mean, it really should Showed his ugly head with Rashad Bateman not playing. These guys need to make a move. I'm not sure what move. Well, they need a receiver. I'm not sure who they need to get. Of course, the obvious choice people are going to say, oh, go get OBJ. There's a lot of teams out here with receivers that sitting at the end of the depth chart, not playing much, things of that nature. Man, I, I, will, I will jump out the window and try some things, man. I, I may even give the Arizona Cardinals a call, see if I can get D-Hop. I'll, I'll try something because at this point, like, they're not going to be in these playoffs and against the Chiefs and all these other high-powered teams in the AFC and come out of there alive with the way this team is currently constructed. Do you think if Bateman is back and then Dobbins gets to, I guess, the highest level expected at the Dobbins end? is a year away, man. Let's give him a year. You know what I mean? Like, he looks okay. Give him a year. No different than, like, uh, Saquon Barkley. You mm, know, when he okay. first came back, you know, we had to give him that year, maybe a little more than a year for Saquon. Now he looks like him old, his old self again. Right. Like, That's true. Coming off these these injuries, these surgeries, man. Like, yeah, you out here, you're playing, but let's give it some time to get back to the old you. And I think even with Dobbins, even he was playing well, there's still something missing on this team offensively. We did see Lamar miss a couple great throws last night, man. He could have closed yeah, the door early. That, yeah, for real. You they, know, they could have won by two, three touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that. So maybe it's not the receiver. Maybe it's hitting the receivers that he has. Because if he, had, if they had a won by two touchdowns and a field goal, which is kind of where it would have ended up had he thrown the ball on target, would we still be saying the offense is missing something? And that was without bait. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it wasn't a good throw, but the guy he was throwing to was like uh, Talon Wallace. You see what I'm saying? So this is a guy he probably don't even throw to in practice. True. So a lot mm-hmm. of times the you know the chemistry is off. They they need to get something in there, man. Like this team is still missing a few more pieces in order to take them to that next level. But I think it's on the offensive end. I would say a wide receiver and a tight end. You know what? I love when these guys had that three tight end, that three headed tight end that year. When they had Andrews, they had Hurst, and they had uh what's the other guy? Another another uh guy. Was it Boyles? Boyles? I don't think it was Boyle. He was solid, though. It was probably about two years ago when Lamar first came out, MVP season. But it was Hurst, Andrews, another guy. And that's when he was just at his best because all three of these tight ends could block and they all could catch. And it's hard for all, for defenses to, to defend that. If I've got two, three tight ends on the field, of course, you got your big set out there trying to stop this run, but then we pass it on you. You know what I'm saying? Like it was right, right. So I would like to see them. Likely, he's like he's cool, but I would like I to see them. Likely will turn into that tight end that you're talking about, but he's gonna. I think he may be like two years away. 
Yeah, you know, but I would like to see one good. that's a great blocker though. Like, cause it, you, know, you know who they should have got? Kyle Rudolph. He Kyle been used been cool. it, he, Yeah. If you're talking about somebody that can catch, but right. is a, a, a definitive blocker, that's Kyle Rudolph all the way. He ain't getting right. he ain't getting a run uh, with the Buccaneers. So I mean, you know. Right. That's I mean, hell, they should have maybe should have bought Hurst back in the fold. He's available. Yeah, yeah, he was. Beyonce, he got his revenge last night. He got in yep. the end zone, you know, had a couple catches, but there's still some things missing off his team. The Buccaneers QB Tom Brady attempted 52 passes for the second straight game in Sunday's win over the Falcons. He completed 35 of those passes for 351 yards, one touchdown, which went to Leonard Fournette, who actually also had the highest volume of his pass attempts at 11. Mike Evans was right behind him with eight targets, catching four for 81. Ricky tight end Kate Otten was six for 43 wide receiver scotty miller was four for 35 and tied with targets with chris godwin who had six for 61 then there was russell gage with two for 20 it's looking like brady is back to using all of his guys uh, he has a, a full complement of guys out there we know what brady's capable of doing when he has his weapon it just looks like you know the buccaneers are trying to stay healthy i think their biggest war this year is not going to be with other teams. It's going to be with whether or not they can stay healthy within their own team. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and, and if that offensive line can just keep Brady standing straight up, that's really the main thing of this team. Like, if we can keep Brady standing straight up in the pocket, they're going to be fine. One of the most impressive things I seen from this game last night was um, Fournette catching those 10 balls. He led the team in catches. Yeah. And, that, and it's crazy thing about it. It's been one of the biggest knocks on Fournette coming up. But this dude could always catch, you know what I'm saying? But they act like he, he couldn't. It was good to see him catch those 10 balls. He gave his uh, fantasy owners a treat yesterday, you know, with that over 140 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. So Absolutely. I mean, Brady just being Brady, man. Yeah. It's just time it for Mariota to go to the the woodshed, get out of there. Man. It's time. Like the time is now. And actually, that's the next team up. Um, we know that Cardell Patterson was sidelined, and with that being the case, Falcons running back Ricky Tyler Algier he led the backfield in playing time and rushing work in the first game uh, since Patterson's injury. He had 13 of the team's 24 total rushing attempts, and he totaled 45 yards. And then Avery Williams ended up with the score. He wasn't on my radar at all. Caleb Huntley had eight carries for 34 yards, but it looks like no matter who's back there, I think Atlanta is going to go the way of the committee. Allegier did decent. He did pretty good, but I, I'm not really, I, I wouldn't count on any of these guys, if that makes sense, especially figured with Allegier's size, he would be the goal line guy, but Avery Williams ended up getting the uh, touchdowns. So that's what's going on down there in Atlanta. Um, you also had Drake London, who posted four for 35. We know Pitts was hurt. He was out. Mariota, he's starting to look like why he ended up not being the quarterback with the Titans again. His deficiencies are outweighing the positivity. And when you have someone who had rave reviews in the offseason uh, and the rookie Ritter backing him up, I think sooner than later, we're going to see Ritter get in the game either by hook or by crook. So whether or not Mariota has that one game that's so bad that he gets yanked or whether or not he gets nicked up, which he's known to do as well, something's going to get him up out of there. And I don't think Ritter's going to look back after that happens. Nah, man, I agree totally. There's nothing here to see. I don't really have much to say on this, man. If you're playing around with Falcons running backs on your team, man, you're just sorry for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, these guys is not going to bring it home for you. It's time to put Riddler in there and get this offense a jolt. Because other than that, they'll be at the top of the uh, the, the draft uh, next year. Tyler Higby caught seven of his ten targets. As of right now, Higby and Gerald Everett are two of the most targeted tight ends uh, in the game. And that's not something that, you know, you would have seen kind of coming from the offseason. Uh, Higby is being targeted now more so than he has been in his career, pretty much. Maybe that's an indication of why the Rams are looking like they're looking. <laughs> right now, Stafford is only targeting two dudes. Like, it, and it's not even close. It's his target is it's either going to Higby or it's going to Cup. And if we know that, pretty sure the defensive coordinator knows that, which means the defense knows that. So I don't really know exactly what it is they're doing or or what it is they can't see but um cup ended up with you know seven of his 10 targets for 125 yards he did what he does um that's just kind of one of those things i'm highly concerned with the rams right now he has a team i mean if it's fantasy and you have your cup owner 
I mean, he's loving it. It seems like Cup is going for another triple crown with the way he's going with these targets. And he's catching them. I mean, he has seven for 125 and a touchdown today. I mean, you can't be mad at that at all. But this is Matthew Stafford of old just coming back into the fold. Like, one thing about this guy, he's going to turn the ball over. That's just it's – a, it's a high – Risk, high reward type of thing. I played the Dallas defense yesterday because I knew like he's going to throw a pick or something. Like That's just what Stafford does. And I think we've seen this offense kind of sputter because the non-existent of the run game. And yeah. is that due to injury or do they need replacements on that O-line? Because it looks like that's the what's making everything stall out. The well, you running know, backs don't have time and neither does Stafford. You, a big, a big, they, you know, they had a big loss last year with the tackle that retired. Was Wentworth? Yeah, that was a huge loss for this offensive line. You know what I mean? So it, it's kind of showing his ugly head right now. And I think it's a little, I think Akers again, another guy. I think he's like maybe a year away. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just don't think he's quite comfortable yet as far as coming with that injury. I mean, he had 13 carries with 33 yards, 2.5 a touch. Like, that's not going to get it done. Defenses know that. So they sit back and wait. You know, if you don't have a threat to run the ball, you're not concerned about the pass. And this team has had success when they was able to run the ball as well. This one is an enigma wrapped up in a mystery. And I need a little bit of help unpackaging it. Is Geno Smith good or is he just looking good? He completed 16 to 25 passes, 268 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, they ended up losing 39 to 32 to the Saints. But right now, Geno Smith is making it look as if whatever pick Seattle ends up having, they don't need to get a quarterback with said pick, at least not the first overall pick that they end up with. Is this just fool's goal or is Geno, as if you give a guy time to learn the offense, he actually looks a hell of a lot better. I mean, that that's kind of what I think I may be seeing from Geno. Yeah, I mean, Geno's been his offense for, he was holding the clipboard for a minute, you know, so, I mean, he has it down pat, you know, he's familiar with it. He's never been like a stud in the league, but I don't, you know, another thing we got to give Geno some credit where we've never seen Geno with great weapons. So think about some of the teams that Geno's been on. I think the Jets and different things like kind of teams, you know what I mean? So he has some really good weapons. He seems to have a good rapport with DK and also with Lockett. So you don't seem scared to throw it in the ball. That's the thing about it. Like he's not dinking and dunk. If he think he sees it, he's going for it and he's yeah. hit. Yeah, it looks good, man. I like it. I like what we're seeing here. Shout out to Joe, who thought Drew Locke was going to be the guy. Shout out to you, man, whoever you are. <laughs> um, it looks good, man. Like, I'm happy for Geno. He's finally get the opportunity. Their run game is working a little right. bit. So enough, you know what I'm saying, to fear the pass. Now, I'm not saying like Gino is like QB1 all of a sudden. He's not the guy, but like a QB1 in this league. But he's comfortable. He's familiar. He's he's playing a lot better than the guy they traded out. I'll tell you that. I'm almost looking like they should have let the Broncos keep locking. They should have picked up something else in that trade. But I guess it all ends up working out for the best in the end. Now, this is what I expected. And we, we saw exactly what we thought we were going to see with the commanders. Brian Robinson carried the ball nine times to 22 yards. Nothing to write home about. But Gibson only had three. Three carries for six yards. So game one, upon returning from getting shot twice and being out of the game for a month, you get three times the amount of carries as the guy who was the number one guy. That's all we need to know about whether or not Riverboat Ryan was serious about which running back he preferred. Yeah, um, I, I, I didn't feel he. I didn't feel Robinson was going to play crazy amount. And I didn't even think he's going to get a lot of carries, but I was surprised by the amount he did get. And I, again, I guess it's something that he don't have. A, he doesn't. Gibson's just not his guy. I tell you what, man, if you want these running back needy teams, I would call Washington and see if I can get Gibson. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of teams Absolutely. out here. There's a lot of teams out here that could use him. Hell, look at, it, look at Atlanta. This isn't a team in need per se, but if he went to Buffalo, I would love their running game a whole lot better than what they got with Singletary. Yeah, but they have, I mean, they still, they just drafted a guy. They still got Moss. Like they kind of, you know, congested over there. He's better than them guys. Maybe so. But even look at um, the Rams. Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I think I, he's on par with the two guys they got there now. All right. And I think, Karen Williams is still hurt. I think, yeah, I think the Rams could use. I think the Falcons could use. Hell, Seattle, Penny's down. Arizona could use. They could use another back. So there's a lot of teams that could use his services. And, and with the way him and Seaman Rivera's relationship is going, I definitely would give them a call and, you know, wave a second round pick, a third round pick, or something they face in the see. They probably a budge. I don't know if I'd go that high. I think you could probably get them for a fourth, honestly. You probably could, but if you, them, like, yeah, but if you want them bad enough, I mean, sometimes you have to give him a third. You got to you know? jump. Because he's still young. It's not like he's a yeah, he is. 29 years he's old. What, so like he's still a young guy. 24, 25, something like yeah. that, I'm going to say. So. He's pretty young. Right. 
Alvin Kamara rushed the ball 23 times for 103 yards, and he had uh, six receptions for 91 yards. Alvin Kamara could have had a game for all time if Taysom Hill would sit his ass down somewhere. Because um, it seems like the plays that Alvin Kamara could really be a better athlete than Hill on, Hill has scored on. Neither one of them um, you can't complain about either. This has been Kamara's best game by far so far. But I feel like Hill is getting in the way. But I understand that they have to manufacture offense based on the injuries and situations that they have going on there. It was real quick, man. It was good to see Kamara back. Absolutely. <laughs> Luckily, you didn't have to spend as high of a pick. The people would be even more pissed off than they were based on his first few performances. But he, he could have been actually your RB, too, you know, based on where you were able to draft him in this particular year. He could have had one of those games. Remember that game he had? Was that last year? He had like six oh, touchdowns. Yeah. He could have had one of those That's yesterday. what I'm talking about. Yeah, he if definitely he'll was move on. out the way, he can have one of those. Yeah, he had one of those yesterday for sure. Travis Etienne ended up with 10 carries for 71 yards, caught three of five targets for 43 yards, and James Robinson had a fairly pedestrian day, to say the least. Is this happenstance, or is, is this, do you feel this may turn into a trend where they end up being what some people thought they were going to be going into the season, which is more of a tandem versus Robinson being the obvious lead dog? Is this just a, a game, a happenstance, or should we look at this kind of continuing? Oh, man. I don't know, because it's Seems like over the last three weeks, if you're paying attention, ATN's uh, production, not really production, but the amount of touches and things like that has really increased. Yeah, his um, usage. His, his usage rate, right? They, they were playing against like the worst team against the run last year. I mean, this year so thus far. So I wasn't surprised about him doing well. James Robinson didn't do much, but it could have been game script. Not sure yet. I may want to watch one more game to really have a real, you know, definitive answer on that. But we have seen uh, the usage uh, rate for ETN increase over the last three weeks. So, yeah. And that about wraps up your news and review. We're going to go ahead and hop into your waiver wire pickups for this week. We've kind of talked about several of these people already, so we're going to kind of throw a few people out there. And if we have any questions, comments, or concerns about anyone that the other threw out, we'll kind of go into a little bit more detail on why that person is on the list. But at this point, we're a month in and we're plugging holes, holes that may be there by injury, holes that may be there by lack of production. But we're kind of, you know, wishing and praying right now. Khalil Shakur, who looks to be the slot receiver for Buffalo if McKenzie's hurt, he's a guy that I would kind of keep an eye on, especially with Crowder hurt. He definitely did hole serve. Joe told you guys on Friday's episode that you might want to look at him as far as DFS is concerned. Um, he did end up getting his first touchdown this week. Um, he definitely had a, a good game. So that's a guy that you may want to keep your eye on. Deami Brown, he's going to be in the mix as long as Dotson is out. It looks like he took over that Dotson role. This actually makes me a lot more comfortable even with Dotson when he returns because I know that's going to be his role. And it looks like Wentz just likes to throw in the red zone to whoever that guy is, if that makes sense. So. When Dotson is back, but until he is, De'Ami Brown is going to be the guy in that particular role. Kenneth Walker the third should be the top of your chart. You know, he was one of those guys that we knew if Penny went down and he was given the opportunity that he should be able to produce. So he's definitely one of those guys I was look at as well. Uh, those I would say are the top three on my list, unless Brian Robinson is still available, which you should already have him on, the, on your IR spot if you were listening to the shows prior, um, before he came back this week. So. Oh, man. Why don't we go to the Taysom Hill? Oh, this guy back. may be available in a lot of your league as well. Oh, has- Barry, guess what? Mm-hmm. Remember what you said in the offseason? If he ever ended up with the QB tight end designation again, right. that the, 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 the value skyrockets. I was, sure. I was looking on Yahoo. On Yahoo, he does have the designation. I don't know the other the other sites, but on Yahoo, he's QB and tight end eligible. So there's that part. Right. I mean, this guy gave you thirty, like thirty four points. I mean, imagine your tight end give you thirty four points. Chances are you won that game. You know what I'm saying? If you're getting that much production from your tight end spot, right? He's definitely a guy to be on. Uh, He's probably not very on uh, in a lot of leagues now. If you're in a one of those leagues where, well, if you have a, uh, of course, if you have someone like a, you know, a Kelsey or one of these guys, and it might not be, you know, but if you was a guy that streamed tight end, perfect pickup for you. Uh, Jacoby Myers, you'd be surprised how many people had this guy yeah. on their free agent list. Uh, we see him came, came back up, seemed like he had a pretty good rapport with Zappy. 
he done well finally. And this guy always catches the, a lot of balls. But when he get in the yep. end zone, it's definitely gold. You know what I'm saying? Like he scored yesterday, so you know he had a really good game. Of course, um, Zay spoke on Kenneth Walker as another guy. And if you're digging pretty deep, um, let's look at Deion Jackson, the coach. True. He was able to have a solid game, had 17 touches, racking up a total of 91 yards with the injury to a JT. If you're a JT owner, this may be one to be. I know a lot of people want to get Hines, but this may be one the guy that you want to get. Seems like he's the early down guy. Uh, yeah, I think Hines' role is going to be Hines' role no matter who the early down guy is. And I don't think Hines ever takes over the, the complete backfield, even if JT goes down. So. One last guy, man, George Pickens. Uh, his ownership oh, yeah. is oh, yeah. pretty low in a lot of Yahoo Please. leagues. You know what I mean? Uh, we've seen a report there with Kenny Pickett, and he done well against a tough Buffalo team. So, I mean, six of eight, 83 yards, it's coming. Whatever's coming, it's coming. Right. Man. I think that's another guy I would love to uh, pick up as well. Just a couple of other guys, if you really have to dig deep, don't forget about Latavius Murray. He's going to be worked into that Denver backfield. We'll see how that works out as far as attempts are concerned, but he's going to be a guy that is going to be out there and available in most leagues. Tevin Coleman as well of the 49ers. We were thinking that Marlon Mack may have ended up being the elder statesman that got the attempts, but it's looking like Tevin Coleman is going to be the guy who's obviously already familiar with the offense. This is what second or third stint with Shanahan. So Shanahan went out and got the guy that he knew he can trust as long as he's not injured. That may be a guy, especially in PPR that you can look for. Lastly, Rashad White, although Fournette had a good game, Rashad White is increasingly being utilized within the offense. So it's looking like they're beginning to trust him a little bit more, and he may be used to spell Fournette so that he can be playoff Lenny instead of IR Lenny when the time counts. <laughs> yeah. What do you feel about uh, Dontrell Hilliard? He caught another touchdown pass. He's been utilized as far as the pass is concerned in Tennessee. And unlike in some of the other situations we talked about, I do believe that if Derrick Henry was to go down, Dontrell would then be an every down back because he already has third downs but he's also the guy that spells henry on first and second if need be so he's another guy that i'm looking at like you know you, you may want to have him you know and not need him versus need him and not have him especially if you're the henry owner that is. right no, i agree with you um it, it, it seems like Tannehill doesn't have rapport with any of his receivers except this guy. He's out of backfield. And I think that's what, you know, the injury to Trey Lon Burks. I think we just seen the, you know, we're going to see a lot more passes out of the backfield. No rapport with Robert Woods. Uh, no rapport with uh, NWI. We thought it's going to be something with Austin Hooper. Nothing much looking there. Even more importantly, not with any tight end. Like that offense tends to run through the tight end. None of the tight ends are getting looked. Like you said, it, it seems like there's just a disconnect between Tannehill and everybody he's throwing the ball to. And I don't get it because it's not like this is his first go around in this offense. Yeah, he hasn't looked good this year, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure if it's because of the drum beating behind him. Right, that part too. You know what I mean? Uh, but Very loud drum beat. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not sure what, which one it is, but he just hasn't looked very good this year. And uh, like I said, the report seems to be with the guy in the backfield. So. And that about wraps up your waivers for this week. Here's a special treat for you for this week. We are going to talk about trading 101. All right, so we are at the part of the season where there may be some things developing that kind of give you cause for pause on your team, or you may see some things developing on other people's teams that you can take advantage of. And one thing that I think is neglected in the fantasy world is how to properly construct a trade. In many cases, it's because people don't really have an idea of how to truly assign value or they don't know who they should go get, why they should go get them or who they should target as far as other players are concerned within their league. We are going to go over a few uh, best practices, pro tips, if you will, as far as trading is concerned. Let's start out with how to identify who it is that you should be trading with. What are your go-tos as far as who is concerned, Vander? Number one, I go around. Uh, it's two. It's a couple of things. Well, number one, record. Uh, what's the guy's record in the league? Because with the lower, with a you know the lower record, the panic level kind of increases. So you probably be more likely to complete a trade with someone that hasn't been winning games, 
and is in need of help. So I'm going off the record and then I'm going off of need. If a guy doesn't need a position, like why are you trying to trade him? Like he has Mahomes, but you're trying to trade him Geno Smith or you're trying to trade him uh, Tannehill or for somebody you basically like, trying to give him something that you don't want right and he obviously don't need but right. just to be able to say you threw a body out there right so that that's the second thing that people need to pay attention to the record of the player and also the need of the player now if you have a player that is in need of a position there's an injury we just seen Rashad Penny went down we we've seen some of the things like a James Conner start off slow injuries Cordell Patterson and you know IR so if you see a guy that has a, a guy that he was starting and this guy happens to get hurt, maybe he's out, maybe he had, he's a Javonta Williams owner, things of that nature. Okay, he may have a need for a running back. Hmm. You look at your team, you may be loaded at the running back position. Now this is someone you may have a, a, a thing with where you can make a play with him. So it's all about record, need, and what you have are the things that I go off of when I'm trying to make a deal. Now something else that I need you to consider to add to that list you have to play the social game as well, right? In many cases, especially if you have active league, especially if it's dynasty or even redrafts that a lot of the same players are in the same league year over year, pay attention to the chat. First of all, if you don't have a chat, you're playing fantasy way wrong. Pay attention to the chat. People will tell you what they want, what they need, whether it's tongue in cheek or whether they're literally just in the chat begging. People will kind of tell you what it is that they want. The other part of the social game as it pertains to trading i need you to understand this i'm your opponent if you have an open conversation with someone else about their needs and i know you can't trade as soon as you send in some bullshit i'm gonna come in right behind you and send them something that they probably would otherwise have not accepted but because the person before me was so disrespectful it now makes my offer palatable and at least they'll send a comment. When you, when you, there are certain people in your league that you know right now, their face came to mind as soon as I started talking. There are people in your league right now that you know if you get a trade from them, it's going to make you cuss somebody out. It's going to piss you off for the next five minutes. And you, you don't even want to hear the explanation. You know they're going to shoot you some bull. But whenever you see that guy engaged with someone openly in the chat, you already know it's about to be some bull going down. So then you just be prepared to offer something that is relatively agreeable and you have a conversation start. Pay attention to the chat. Pay attention to what people are saying. Have conversations with people about who their favorite teams are, who their favorite players are, things of that nature, because a player's true value is whatever someone else is willing to pay for. Them. That's why I don't believe in vetoes and leads. Unless it's just obvious collusion. How can you tell me how to value a player? You may have vetoed a trade that if I saw let's say this time a couple years ago in week two that Justin Jefferson was going to turn into something and I gave up, let's say a, a Julian Edelman or somebody. Okay. Let's say Hopkins, right? And then Hopkins ends up having a down year and then you end up having Jefferson as a phenom where you would have just vetoed something that I had the foresight to see, but because you didn't like it or didn't understand it, you got rid of it. That's not fair. Either I paid my money or I put in just as much time and effort, if not more than others. So don't worry about the trades that I make. If you see, if you see a guppy getting eaten up by a shark and, and this offer is going to completely shake up the league as far as balance of power, my go-to is this. If you can explain to me how the trade makes sense and what problem it is you fixed, it's not my job to save stupid. That's how I look at being a commissioner. It's not my job to save stupid. You're always going to have your bill. O'Brien's that are going to trade with the Arizonas of the world. It's not the NFL's job to swoop in and say, hey, you know, that's stupid, right? Not their place. But as long as you can explain to me your logic behind it, I cannot stop you from making a dumb move. And that's the other thing. Identify who the dummy is. Like, if we're going to keep it a book, let's keep it a book. Identify the dummy. There's somebody that every time they open up your mouth and they, they open up their mouth in that chat, nothing that they say about football makes sense. You know that they don't know football. Use that against them, but butter them up first to make them think that they know what they're doing. They'll end up sending you an offer that you're looking like, whoa, did you really just send that? And here's the other thing. When they send that offer, don't try to dissect and figure out what are you missing. You know, you would have got the alert if somebody had just gotten hurt the same way they would have. No, you just played your cards right. And now you're reaping the reward. So the social game, add that to the functional part of the game that Vander was just talking about. And then you have a means by which you can get traction as far as trades are concerned. Now, what to look for? 
give them your pro tips and your go-tos as far as what you're looking for in trades and in certain situations i try to look for the guy that no one sees coming the writing is kind of the writing is not quite on the wall yet but if you're a person that can identify give you an example like uh like Brees hall the drum is now pretty loud at this point, you know. So this would have been a guy you probably could have stole a couple of weeks ago for the likes of a um, a James Conner, one of these higher drafted guys that, that has more of a name say. Because you gotta understand the way I look at the fantasy year, I break it down into like two halves. You have the first half, and then you have the second half of the season. You want to have guys that's playing well on the second half of the season. A lot of times, guys start off slow, teams start off slow, the numbers are not there. These are guys that say, "Oh, this guy's not gonna do anything for the rest of the year." they panic or whatever. Brees Hall would be one of those guys that on the second half of the year that may bring you a championship. The Damian Pierce. We see Damian Pierce start off slow for the first week or two and then everybody's ready to throw their hat in. Now we see Damian Pierce. He's the guy there now. You know what I mean? So You saw that with St. Brown last year with Detroit. For sure. If you, People saw it coming and they were able to benefit from it. So I like to see the guy that's coming as well. You, you got to know how to identify just a good week. You know, sometimes a guy wow. blow up, they have a great week or two. And now you're thinking. O.J. Howard, week one. Right. Now you think you got something. You really have nothing. Take this guy and go get something. Go get a guy that's struggling, that really, you know, has a, a resume of doing well and things of that nature. So I kind of try to get the guy that's, um, you know, no one sees coming. That Kyle Pitts this year? Or do you think that that's going to be uh, year long for him? Because no, I think uh, Ritter coming in the game. He, he, uh, yeah. His numbers that, shoot up. It, Exactly. I, I like Kyle Pitts based on the rhythm, the Riddler move, to be honest with you. I think as long as he's with Mariota, I'm not a fan of him. I have on my team, but I just made a deal for Goddard. So, again, it depends on who's the quarterback, you know, if I like a guy or not. For example, you got like a Deontay Johnson who had a high name, a higher name. He would have been a guy that you could have probably made a move and go get one of these lower tier guys to a guy that needed receiver help. It's all about knowing your personnel and kind of seeing the guy who's coming. I want to add to that. It's also about knowing who has feelings for the players on their team because you can identify on your end who's going to end up doing well. But if the other person doesn't have value for that same player, you can get a guy much lower than what you know he's worth just based upon the fact that they don't have an idea of the gym that they have. They think they just got a rock, but they don't see that one layer underneath they have a gym. So you want to tackle those guys in many cases People will literally put out or, or I'll ask, so who don't you mind moving? Because I don't even want to ask for any guys that you're attached to. That's a waste of my time and yours. Who's on your block? Who's movable on your team? They're going to let you know the guys that they aren't attached. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't know the value of those guys necessarily, but they are letting you know who they aren't necessarily going to overcharge you for, which is just as important as, you know, knowing a value. If I know that, you know, there are a tier of wide receiver out there that I'm looking for and I'm looking for a wide receiver and there's three different teams that I'm interested in trading with. If one of those guys have several wide receivers in the starting spot, so he doesn't have much of an issue. And then somebody in that same tier of wide receiver is on his bench versus another team that's actually depending on that wide receiver right now. Well, they're going to charge me a little bit more because they're depending on that guy. In many cases, actually, in most cases on my teams, you can't just look at my bench and say, well, let's trade a bench player for a bench player because, yeah, they're a bench player on my team, but they'd be a starter for you. So right. that has nothing to do with the person's value. Don't let somebody try to guilt you into giving up somebody for less than what they're worth because they're on your bench. They're on your bench because you did a good job filling your, your pool, if you will. So now what you have to do is you have to turn those small gems into big cash outs. You put one well-known solid guy with two Johnny come lately's that have had a couple of good weeks and somebody may be willing to give you a stud because they had some injuries go on. Those are the type of things that you have to think about as far as what you're looking for. Now, as far as when you're going to trade, honestly, for me, when is whenever I get a good deal. I mean, like, I love to trade. So I'm not one of those people that, you know, oh, it's only going to be one trade. The only way I only trade once in a league is if nobody else was willing to trade. me. But I'm looking for a deal every day if possible, because for me, that's a part of the fantasy. The one thing I will say is you don't trade when you're tilting. And what I mean by that is some JT owners right now may be tilting, willing to give them up for way less than what he's worth. Why would you gain? I'd rather have 60% of JT for a month and then he ends up being what he is 
when it counts the most versus getting just a couple of guys that I don't even want to start after three or four weeks of going by because they're on again, off again. That's something else that you want to look at as far as when. Also, make sure you pay attention to your bye weeks as far as when the trade is concerned, because especially in like super flex season, things of that nature, you make a trade for a quarterback or you give up a quarterback or something like that. And you, know, you still have backups, but then lo and behold, damn, now my backups are on by the same week. And guess what your opponents aren't going to do? Bail you out. Now you put yourself in a position to be taken advantage of because either you're going to take an L that week, which in most competitive leagues, it boils down to one game for a whole lot of people. Pay attention. No, I agree with you totally on that. Uh, the best time to trade is when a good trade is available. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're undefeated in your league. That doesn't mean you don't make a move to get even better. I've seen people start off 4-0 and and then be 4-7. and lose seven games in a row. You know what I mean? Like, and a guy like myself, I've been one in four and win nine straight. So you can never stop trying to get better when it comes to your team. I agree with you totally. Sometimes, you know, you may have a guy on your bench. He's on your bench, but he's really a, a starting caliber style of player. And other guys will try to, you know, run that game on you where, well, you know, this guy on my bench and that guy's on your bench, but no. Your guy is should probably be on the free agent list. And right. my guy is an actual starter in this league. Just yeah, so happy. Yeah, I'm loaded. You know, just so happened I'm loaded, so I can't start him, but he's a starter. So know the value of your guys. We just seen Damian Harris went down. If you have Ramondre Stevenson on your bench, know the value. You know, don't let somebody tell you, hey, he's a backup. And who knows? Nah, <laughs> he now jumped to the top of the list with that injury. Now nah, he's the man. We've right. seen, we seen what he's, um, you seen what he did yesterday. 161 yards. Right. So a guy of that nature, just know what you hold. Again, you can hit us up on all these social media platforms. If you have any questions as far as making moves and trades, we'd be happy to help. But uh, I, I agree with you on that, on that case for sure. Lastly, why do you trade? There's a couple of reasons why I trade. One is fun. What's the point of being a GM and not being a GM? Don't play so close to the vest. Like, like have fun, especially if ain't no money on the line. Like, I mean, e even when money's on the line, I'm still, I'm still fast and loose. I'm trading. I'm making moves. I'm, you know, I'm not doing anything that I feel will hinder my progress. Don't hear what I'm, I'm not saying. Just trade for the sake of trade and take a bad trade. It's, it brings another element to the game. It also brings another element to your football acumen, because as you make these deals, you're you're learning more and more about all the different players that are involved. My last comment as far as trades is concerned is I'm a capital. Don't come to me with, well, because who's on your team, you should be willing to give up this guy for cheaper than what he's worth. No, because if I do that, then my team ends up looking like your team. The guy's value is what he is, and he'll either be that value on my bench, or we can figure out a way to move him to your team. But nah, we're we, we not doing none of this, you got money, so give me charity stuff. Nah, not doing it. Not, 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 not in fantasy. Sorry. Any last words as far as trades are concerned, Barry? Uh, no. Um, I mean, this is a good, this is a part of the season to make that move to go downhill. Another thing I would suggest is look at your playoff schedule. Yes. Yes. You know, definitely yep. didn't talk about that. Look at your playoff schedule. If you have a guy is is all red from week 14 beyond and he has maybe an equal value to another guy that you like that has all green from 14 beyond maybe a good time to make a move uh, there's a lot of good players with horrible playoff schedules so i, I, I kind of like to look ahead as well that's kind of one of my things i look ahead so this is a good uh and that's not quite a midway point but it's a good point to make a move to to get your team trending to make the playoffs do well in the playoffs so Zay did mention the bye weeks. That's fine. But also look at the playoff schedules on a lot of these moves before you make them. And again, if you have any questions about moves you maybe should make in your league, hit us up on the social media. Even you can hit me up individually. I'm on Instagram under Young Vander. That's the word young, V-A-N-D-E-R. Send me a message, maybe screenshot it or whatever, and um, I'll help you out. For sure. And again, that is the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Fantasy Football Fiend. Before we go, man, we just had some breaking news, man. Carolina Panthers okay. fired head coach Matt Rule. Yo. Um, yeah. So three seasons in, man. Record 11 and 27. Uh, Yo, so, didn't he have like a 10-year contract? Yeah, something crazy, but the writing was on the wall. I think his buyout was like 80 million or something like that. Yeah. Damn. So maybe he, okay. good time to start vacation and Christmas is around the corner. So 
Matt Rule out, Dang. Carolina. Matt Rule out. Look, this does open the door. Whatever team Flores goes to, there's going to be an immediate impact. I think that I think the Panthers I, he I, could impact. I think Denver. That would be I would love him to go to. I'm not sure how they owner. Um, they got Tepper. I'm not sure how he feels right. about yeah. minorities and all that. But Charlotte. That city is that would be an ideal city for a guy like Flores to land in, man. Yep, You're I talking agree. about like his and they got talent already. Yeah, they just need a coach. Yeah, and I, and they're just like a, a. I like it. I would love to see Flores in Charlotte. That would be sweet. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I think the Panthers are doing by firing rule, whoever comes up next, it's going to take you quite a bit of time just to figure out their system. So in part, they're they're tanking for a quarterback. So um, mm. there's that part to it as well. So. Get rid of the coach early if you know you ain't going to be nothing. So that way you can tank honestly. I can possibly see them keeping Baker Mayfield in for the rest of the year because their best effort is going to be a loss, which bringing in a new coach like a Flores and bringing in a quarterback like a C.J. Stroud or a Brees Young from Bama, Ohio State prospectively, that's a real quick fix. You already got receivers. You got a defense. You got a growing O-line. I mean, that they could be one of them teams that go from worst to first in that division. Brady mess around and retire. The Saints ain't scary no more. I mean, you got ATL ain't scary and hasn't been. They could really go from worst to first if they make the right moves. Man, I tell you another crazy move before we go. If you want to get real dirty, nasty, go offer uh, Greg Roman the head coaching job and tell Lamar come with him. Mm, Nothing mm, changes okay. at that point. He comes in, same system, same verbiage and everything. And, and then CMC is your running back? Right. With try Lamar? That. Try that. And you got LaViscus, DJ Moore, Rock. Well, some of them probably have to go to make the money work, but they still, should. They, yeah, yeah, but just CMC and Lamar together would be stupid. Yeah. Hell, honestly, you can bring Roman and Huntley. You could, but I mean, if you want to really mean, if you kick off Lamar, this you thing, would, but I'm just yeah, saying, if you want to kick off this thing for real, like you want to make a splash and welcome back, you know what I'm saying? This is Charlotte. We here. Hey. Yeah. Great Roman, come coach. Bring your, you know, you can call the plays and and Lamar coming with you, man. That would that be nuts. Would be, that would be ridiculous. That would make very affordable tickets no longer affordable. Is what that would happen. Right, and imagine the, uh, then you'll see McCaffrey jump back to the top because Bro. the running lanes he will see would be crazy. Man, look that option. My God, that Lamar and CMC. That oh my God, that option would be. You would think that you playing NCAA again. <laughs> I mean, it. You called one right there. That that would be stupid. That that would be ridiculous. That's what I would draw. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Lamar right now is barring injury. I don't think he can't get paid. Like there's nothing that he can do at this point that would signify to other teams not to pay him. Which means Baltimore gonna have a decision to make and. They better make it before it's no longer their decision. That about wraps up the show for today. We'll be back to you in a couple of days. Again, remember, make sure that you subscribe and follow. So that way, when the show comes out early, you will be notified and we out.